Welcome to the Double I Show, Fantasy Island, Fantasy Football Edition, coming at you guys with another one. Today we have R.W. King and Bombo with me. We're going to go ahead and get into our mailbag, Ask an Idiot. This is where all of you guys start sending us your fantasy questions. Make sure they're the right type of fantasy questions. Just saying, guys, we've had a couple of few that were a little bit mixed up. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. A little bit sus. Fantasy's fantasy. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> fantasy's fantasy. Yeah. All right, but we're going to go ahead and get into it. So, guys, I got a couple questions for you from the listeners. And uh, let's see if you can try to fuck them up even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, answer their questions. <laughs> King, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out to you first. First question yeah, comes go in ahead and says, show me first, bro. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Yeah, go for fuck it, it, man. Why not, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, I, hey, jump on it. All right, says, I'm in a bind due to injury of my wide receivers. I have Cup and Chase. My bench of wide receivers isn't the strongest. I need trade advice. I have a stable of running backs that I could trade for a wide receiver. Here are my backs. What would you trade for? Or who would you trade? And who or what range of wide receiver could I get in return? These are the guys. Elijah Mitchell, Damian Pierce. Kenneth Walker, Ramonde Stevenson, or Jeff Wilson Jr.? Well, first of all, bro, I'm going to tell you, you did a hell of a job drafting. Yeah, yeah, you did. You know what I mean? For sure. You know what I mean? You had hindsight. You drafted a couple of rookies that knocked it out of the fucking ballpark. And to be honest, your probably highest drafted guy was Elijah Mitchell. And you probably had, and like you said, yeah, you spent your first two picks on Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. You know, and you got lucky for whatever reason one of those guys was there or wasn't there or they were both there for wherever how you did it. You know what I mean? But hats off to you, dog. You got a team. Yeah, and, and you know, I heard Jamar Chase is practicing again this week and we're in that Thanksgiving week period and he's probably going to play this Sunday. Burrow said they, they expect him to play. Just how he's going to react to his injury and going forward, what's his injury going to be like for him? You know, is this something that's going to be chronic? Is this something that's going to be fucking with him? Is this going to be like a Julio Jones toe? So, you know, yeah, you got to bolster your lineup, man. Especially with the lineup like that, you probably had a pretty good record. So you're probably looking pretty strong going in the playoffs and probably seated pretty well in the playoffs. So, I mean, talking about your advice, I mean, the obvious thing here is understand, unless this, if this isn't a keeper league, I think you can trade anyone on that roster. Because I think you got so many guys that can score here. It's just really what the other team would want and who has something for you. But I'll give you an example. Like probably your highest valued guy here might be Kenneth Walker, I'd say. And I say pretty close to him is probably just because of his workload is Damian Pierce. You know, Elijah Mitchell's had a a good game and a so-so game coming back off the IR. Ramondre's having solid games every week. He's the lead back, basically. So, I mean, they're all there, but I don't know if you can, unless you package a couple of those guys together, get a wide receiver one or a a big-time wide receiver. And, you know, I'm just going to throw something out. You could make a package between, like, a Kenneth Walker and Ramondre and get you someone like maybe, I I mean, it's going to be tough because obviously this guy scores points, but it's going to have to be a team that needs running backs but maybe somebody like Debo Samuel, something like that. 
you know, where you, you know, this guy, he's going to have those big games, but he's not as consistent as you need to be, but at least he fills that wide receiver one role for you. You know, somebody like Tyler Lockett, a high end wide receiver two that scores for you. That guy's on a three game streak of scoring touchdowns. It really depends on what team needs running backs. And that's what you got to look at a team that's sort of decimated by running back. All their running backs got hurt and, he drafted DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams, and now both those guys are down. Target those guys, those teams, and see what you can pull from them, and that's really going to dictate what you can get. You know, I don't think you have to do multiple running backs for a guy unless it's up in that upper tier like a Debo or something like that on a team that's just going to win and throw him the ball. And reality preseason, you probably wouldn't even think about that for a Tyler Lockett. I don't know about... I'd probably rather have Tyler Lockett than DK right now at this point, just because he seems to be the touchdown guy there. And honestly, Geno's playing as good as any quarterback in the league. And I mean, it's, it's really hard to pick out guys who, who to really say, because it's really dependent on the team that needs them, but you have so many different pieces there and, and start low brother, start low. You know, start the conversation off like, hey, I'm going to throw a I'm going to throw a trade at you. If you're not interested, I'll probably throw another one at you until we find something good. You know what I mean? Start low. If Jeff Wilson is your lowest guy, throw out Jeff Wilson. He's had some big games in the last couple of weeks. You know, and the guy might bite on it. You never know. So you, you miss every shot you don't take. So take those low shots first. Keep yourself as stacked as possible. And I mean, obviously, if you're drafting like you're drafting, you probably have some savvy. You know what you can do, my man. So I hope that helps you and answers your question. Guys, chime in if you feel like I was just talking out of my ass or you guys agree with me, whatever you think. You hit it on the head. First, yeah, kudos, kudos to this guy for his draft. When I look at what he's working with on that stable of backs, what really stands out to me is he has one of either a high quality handcuff to a, a major star or he has the major star that has a high quality handcuff so i would be looking at reverse engineering his way into the top of this trade so i'd be looking at the cmc owner and then packaging one of these guys up with an elijah mitchell because you know that you're going to be it's pretty much a one for one disguised as a two for one because you're giving him somebody he's probably not going to play unless cmc gets hurt or i'd be looking at the mostert owner and be trying to package up jeff wilson and one of these guys to try to get that guy's best receiver you uh king hit it on the head when he said kenneth walker by far is probably the biggest stock that you got I mean, you could probably get him for a high end or a mid wide receiver two straight up, but don't offer that right away. Ask for that guy's wide receiver one for Kenneth Walker, especially if this guy just goes to the latest stats and just sees numbers and sees that Kenneth Walker's blown up the past couple of weeks. You got you got some heat that you can that you can work with. But yeah, I say listen to King. You had it right on, on the spot, King. All right, guys. So that's going to go ahead and get us into our next question. Bombo, this one's going to be for you. The guy reaches out and he says, I have Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins. Reports are that Murray is practicing and may start. Do I start Cousins on Thanksgiving or do I go with Kyler and risk him having a setback? My waiver wire is pretty thin at QB as well. Help. Ooh, it's the it's the Thursday game and the the injury on the Sunday game for your for your guy that you want to play. That's a, that's a tough one. We've all been there before. Well, if you listen to us and if you know football, we're going to first off just throw out the obvious. Gentlemen, 
does the Thanksgiving game count as a primetime game? It is it is going to be the one of the only games on all day. So are we counting this? Absolutely, it's a primetime game. All right. So then that means it's primetime, Kirk Cousins. Every, every one of those games is a standalone game, right. basically. It's like a Monday nighter. That's You know what I mean? Because everyone in the country is watching that shit, period. That's what I it's thought. Going. And the worst one is always the Detroit game because everyone's just waking up because everyone's drinking like fish tonight. But go ahead. So that means it's primetime, Kirk Cousins. So if you're a fantasy player, you got to have, a you know, like they say, you may not be superstitious, but you're probably a little stitious. And one of the superstitions out there is primetime Kirk Cousins is a thing. It's like a Madden curse. He's bound to choke and, and probably definitely go under his projections. But then you have that, you know, is Murray going to play? Because he was a scratch the last couple games due to that hammy. But I've heard Kingsbury say that they want to make sure that he's 100% so he can go out there. And you know what? With Arizona, I think right now everyone's playing for their jobs, right? I think everyone is is trying to do something. They need to make a big push and try to win all their games or at least show that they are competent offense. And they are. They've shown flashes at times for the past couple of years. If, you've been, if you have a winning record, you've probably been riding Murray all year. I say don't go away from that. And if you're, if you really want to, if you really want to throw your coconuts out there and really don't want to have to deal with this decision, this is what I suggest you do. Right before the Thursday Vikings game, you drop Cousins for whoever it is that you think will be an emergency guy for Murray just in case he can't go throughout the week. And that way you don't have to deal with this anymore. You ride Murray. I know he has a bye week coming up, but then you ride Murray for the rest of the season and whoever you pick up this week off your thin waiver wire will be whoever you start just in case Murray doesn't go or is a game time decision or something like that. Wow, dude, you're that low on Kirk Cousins, bro? I I just I just think in this guy's from what I'm seeing, this guy's record is not if he's got a winning record, it's not because he's been starting Kirk Cousins every week. And he's probably no, and, he's probably used Cousins a lot of guys last two weeks. Kirk Cousins, right? And he just has he's he's Kirk Cousins. He is who he is. Yeah. Exactly. He can only support one guy. You know, that's why Diggs wanted out of there. Because he was just throwing to his boy Thielen. You can only throw to one dude at a time, I guess. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, I, I think, too, you, you nailed it, too, pretty much, Bombo. I think, you know, the, the thing that just sucks is yeah, I'm not, like you said, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a lot stitious <laughs> about the fact that he's playing fucking New England, too. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, fuck, dude, right there. I mean, I'm worried for Justin Jefferson in this Thanksgiving Day game. I'm worried about a lot of guys. And Kirk Cousins has been getting rocked. He got rocked last week. He got sacked fucking 100 times. He's going to get sacked again. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck, what? he can't run out of the pocket, man. This guy can't run and can't throw when he runs. He runs like an ostrich. He just he looks awkward when he runs. He's running for his life because he can't run fast. And it's just, it's tough on him, yeah. you know, but I, I think you nailed it too, man. I, I'd probably want to stick out Kyler Murray, but that team's a mess too, guys. I, I yeah, mean, I, I was just going to say with that T the other day, right? I mean, what did I tell you, T, they quit on him. They quit on they Kingsbury did. in the second half. Yeah, they have, they have, but see, okay. So here's, here's real fast. My take on the whole thing. I'm a little bit worried about that hamstring from Kyler. So uh, that to me is a little bit of a just red flag for me because he's already not playing at the top of his game before he got hurt. But now he's hurt. 
So that kind of bothers me. But then on top of that, they just fired their OC from the game in Mexico. Yeah. Right. So that team, like King just said, that team is a mess. Coach that team gone. is just all dead man. Yeah, walking. Dead man walking. Dead man. Exactly. Exactly. He so, might not finish like, the year, guys. He he. There's a good chance that he doesn't. So really, like, what the fuck is going to happen over there? I don't know. That's a tough question, oh. and that's a tough you cousins know, type is, of cousins is definitely you, cousins is definitely the safest bet. Cousin is cousins is the safe is. move. That's a super safe move. But I'm looking out for this listener. I just don't want this listener to be because that look. We've all done it, right? We've had somebody go on Thursday that we expect to really carry our lineup and he doesn't do shit and we're staring at it from thursday to sunday morning like damn i'm already in the hole like if i hope this guy's not going against mahomes or or going against lamar or anybody like that to where he can't afford to be in the hole at the quarterback position on the head-to-head but definitely you can we we throw our coconuts out there but listener if you're listening Kurt cousins is the safer play it is the safer play. Well, okay, let me, he's the safer play. You're right, Bombo, but let me throw this at you, right? And just think of it a little bit analytically mm. and use your, your right. abacus in All your right. brain because I don't even have a calculator. I have an abacus. Can Kirk Cousins win a championship in fantasy? I don't think he can win one in the NFL, but can he win one in fantasy? And what I mean by that is basically put together three good games enough at the end of the year when games matter where he hasn't historically for fantasy relevance to, to vault those teams. Cause you know it. And I've been there. Even if you don't have the best team, you have a shot. If your guys can score good, if they score mediocre, you can't knock off the better teams. Can he be that guy in fantasy to win you a championship? Mm. No. You, <laughs> you know what though? I, I I'm going to go the opposite way. And I'm going to say this year, possibly, only because look at look at his schedule. Look at who he's playing down the down the stretch, and I mean he he's still playing in a weak division, so he's still got to play the Bears again. He's still got to play Green Bay again. He's still got to play Detroit again, and you know you know I, I personally think that there's a chance at least this year they they're playing the Colts. They got the Giants. I mean. Those are the, the remaining games. There is a potential of right. having some good games. You're right. On paper, it looks like he has potential to have big games. But Bombo called him prime time. I agree with any lights on this dude, any fucking high-profile game. He just shits the bed. And that's why Justin Jefferson's ceiling is what it is. This guy should be have probably twice the yardage by now. Because he's had games where he had like 20 yards receiving. What's that? What is that? I never, I never thought that I would be the one kind of trying to defend Cousins a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, I mean, you're, I just can't. Someone convinced me. I'm like, hey, maybe he can't put three games together. But I, I think. I don't know if he can, dude. He can't. I think. I, Bombo, stop it. It's not that he doesn't have. It's not that he doesn't have the ability. It's just that if he has two bad games and that third game, they're going to go run heavy and they're going to run the shit out of Dalvin Cook. So he's not even going to have the opportunity to get that third game or, or get that bounce back. It's the story of his career in Minnesota. Anytime he has a, a but, slump, uh, he doesn't work his way out of it or throw his way out of it. They just change the style that they try to win games and they just run the shit out of Dalvin Cook. But okay, so I, I believe he also does these kind of things too in playoff games and the playoff games for fantasy, which are week, you know, 16, 17, 18 now, which were 15, 16, 17 before. 
was he'll have a stat line like 280 yards passing, two touchdowns, three picks. <laughs> that those three picks wipe out one of those touchdowns and make him basically a mediocre quarterback. That's my point is a lot of times that dude throws those games. And that last touchdown comes at the end, and then maybe Dalvin Cook ripped off a 60-yarder. You know what I mean? Because Dalvin Cook's a badass. They just need to feed him the ball more. But I don't know, man. That's a good one. I don't know, guys. Mm-hmm. It's a tough question. Yeah. Like I said, Bombo, I did not favor you having to answer that one. It's easy for King and I mm-hmm. just to kind of second guess what you're saying mm-hmm. and pick it apart. But damn, man, that's a tough one. Kirk Cousins is going to win that guy a championship. It's, we're all going to take it in the ass. So. I know. That's what I was going to say because we all fucking here. We're all talking shit. He's going to fucking blow up at the end of the year. Fuck. Why did you put it out there, Bobo? We knew it was going to happen. All right, T, I got a mailbag for you, bro. You ready? I love it. Let's go. All right, man. This guy actually directed it right to you. He says, I want this one to go to Sweet T. Hey, Sweet T. I hear you guys talking up Cole Komet over the last six weeks. He says, I was able to jump in on him, and he's been a stud at the tight end for me. But now with Fields being hurt, should I drop Komet and try to get someone else to fill that role? If yes, who could you recommend? Well, this is a tough one, only because if Fields is able to go, I would keep Komet in there because they're going to want to start to get Fields throwing the ball a little bit more. They want to protect him a little bit better. I would say if Fields is able to go, I would hold on to commit if you can. I mean, let's face it, guys. I don't know if you guys saw that catch that he made this past week from that throw from Fields. And, you know, we talked about how great that catch from Justin Jefferson was against the Bills in overtime. That Cole commit catch is right up there with it. It's probably one of the best catches of the season. That's coming from a big lumbering tight end. I mean, this guy just made a beautiful catch. So it's hard for me to really get off of him. However, I will say if Fields does not go, if he's not able to, then you kind of don't want any part of Cole Komet because of that Bears offense. It's it's all predicated on Fields and his legs and and what he can do to be able to get himself to, to just be protected by himself. So if you do jump off of him, the one guy that's out there probably in your league too, because he's not rostered in a lot of leagues. He's only rostered in about 31% in ESPN leagues right now is Juwan Johnson. And I know it's not a flashy name. I know a lot of guys don't know a lot about him, but over the last five games, this guy's had five tutties. This guy's been pretty consistent over the last five games. He's starting to, I wouldn't say he's emerging as like a top tight end, but he's been pretty consistent. And that's really what you want right now is you just want a guy that's going to be a little bit consistent, possibly get yourself some points. Like Bombo said, you know, so many times before the tight end position is so tough to be able to try to get any kind of consistency out of. I would say if Fields is going to go, then you got to keep Cole Komet. But if Fields isn't healthy enough to go, I wouldn't mind going with a guy with like Jawan Johnson. I mean, I, I'd probably, to me, myself, I'm probably sticking with Cole Komet just because of his upside of being able to run run the ball after he catches. And the reality is even if Justin Fields is in there, it's Trevor Simeon, and he's going to be so panicking to throw the ball so fast that the closest guy is the tight end. <laughs> I think, Dude, you know, I think he's, he's going to get work. his ass blasted. He's not going to have those big chunks like he does with Justin. 
That's for sure. No. I just don't think that because, I mean, at his best, Trevor Simeon ran a 4.9 in the combine. You know what I mean? That was fucking years ago. And this dude's fucking <laughs> 10 years older with fucking, you know what I mean? So, I, Yeah, I just, and he's going to get blasted. No, he is. But I, I still think myself I'd probably rather stick with Cole Komet. And, but I think there's a couple other guys out on the waiver wire that are probably out there too. And I think one guy we were talking about, T, and you brought him up and you said it was close to you about this guy was Otten, right? The guy from Tampa Bay. Yeah, I like me some Otten too. Absolutely. You know, this guy is starting to turn into Tom Brady's Woody out there. So I really like what we're seeing out of him, but he's more touchdown dependent. He's not going to get you those big chunks. He's not a Cole Komet kind of guy. He's not going to go and get you those 15, 20 yard gashes. He's going to be that kind of consistent guy that's going to get you those, you know, six yard dumps, that type of thing. But I like what Otten's doing right now, especially this late in the season. Well, don't you think at some point, too, guys, and just you you can chime in, too, Bombo, it's not just directed at T, is don't you think at some point the tight end in that offense, just because it's Tom Brady, he's going to have like a Gronk flashback and go for three touchdowns or four touchdowns or something in a game? You know what I mean? I just feel it from this guy. And he's athletic enough. He's big enough. But I just feel like Brady's just missing that, and I think he's getting more comfortable with this guy. And I, I could see that happening, man. All, all rookie. I mean, in good offenses, all rookies usually shine after the bye week, especially if it's a late bye week, and they've and he's been thrown in the fire with Cameron Brait getting hurt. Divorce Tom. Divorce Tom is a thing. Divorce Tom is going to have Tampa's offense firing in all cylinders because they have a very winnable schedule and they have a very winnable division. If they can seek in the playoffs, it's Tom Brady. I think Otten is going to have a little bit of a, a blow up on this back half of the season after the bye starting as early as this week against Cleveland. And you're right. You you can sometimes when Scotty Miller is in there, it's because Brait went out with an injury or something like that. And Scotty Miller catches two quick passes. But even though Brady trusts him, you don't really want Scotty Miller running those, those routes. You notice he catches it and just falls to the ground a lot. And he jumps. I mean, even like you mentioned Brait, right? But Brait is, I mean, he's even playing it because he fucked up his spine or something. Remember? Yeah, he took a couple. I think he's been wheeled out a couple of times this year. Didn't he do the ambulance thing? Yeah. T? Help us out here a little bit. Wasn't a couple he weeks ago he ambulanced yeah, him out. He I don't did. know if he's going to play anymore this year. That's why I think Otten's stock went up a little bit. But I mean, it's just, it's tough over there, man. You know, but I, dude, I mean, they just, they suck. They're old. It's showing it. I think Brady needs to get laid, like really good laid because he probably hasn't had sex good in a while because he's been going through the divorce, dude. <laughs> so he's, his pipes are clogged, bro. No, dude, he just got he just got spotted or now there's this like other like fine ass model chick that people are kind of finger in his butt, dude. That's why he's fucking he's gonna be he's married to the game. Okay, so whatever works. You watch whatever works his breakout game, that's gonna be the week or the weekend after he just got turned out, dude. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying. You know what I mean? Probably yeah. Cause he's gonna be relaxed, dude. All that stress off him. Like a quartz gonna come out. You know what I mean? But anyways, yeah, go for it. And hey, we got one last one. Bombo, go ahead. This was all directed to us. You go ahead and read it. All right, guys. We have another question from one of the listeners. Here we go. Guys, I listened to your advice on grabbing a lave the moment I could. Great advice, by the way. 
He's been a solid pickup for me ever since I effed up drafting Pittman as my wide receiver too, and he hasn't done much all year. With Indy playing more inspired, Pittman having a good week 11, and Olave seeing less targets since Landry came back, should I play Pittman over Olave? Oh, we should. that's a good one. Let's help this guy out immediately because I, to me, the answer is obvious. Let the T go first. <laughs> yeah, T. You know, he, he blows Olave's noodle, dude. So let him go first and fucking get the, you know, the money shot out of the way. Go for it, bro. Look, as much as I love Olave, I got to say Pittman's probably my pick right now going forward just because of what Indy's doing under Saturday's rule. You know, they're playing more inspired. You got the old man coming back as the quarterback. And, you know, it's starting to show that maybe some of these old guys are going to be able to get at least something done. That whole team's playing a lot better and a lot more inspired. Landry coming back did take a significant amount of targets away from Olave. And I, I don't know. I really think that probably from here on out, Pittman might be the smarter move. Just saying. I mean, I myself, I, I'm going to stick with Olave. I just think that Pittman, you know, I think the thing, too, that what's happening over there is they're sort of not afraid to throw to Paris Campbell a little bit more. And he had a pretty big game a couple of weeks ago. But I think Pittman is established number one guy there still. I don't think that's any question. But I just I like Olave, man. And that guy's long touchdown ability to me just makes him a must start almost. You know, and, and I love him if I got him in the flex spot or if I got a screwed up wide receiver core, Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase has been on that or whoever else is hurt. And I could plug this guy in. He's solid. You know, he's he's more reliable and more solid than any of the Philadelphia receivers that I have. You know, no so I'm just, I, I, and I'm just saying even A.J. Brown, you know, A.J. Brown threw a stinker for me the other day. I needed two fucking points to win a game. He got me one, dog. You're kidding me? Hello? One fucking catch for seven yards? You didn't even get 10 yards, you fucking prick? I'm just saying, dude. Olave's, and that's Andy Dalton throwing to him, bro. Because the yeah. coach don't like Jameis Winston. Because Jameis Winston talks like the guy from Fat Albert. Remember? That guy? Yeah, I don't know why, but he doesn't like him. So fucking this guy's playing. I don't know, man. I, I got to go Olave here. Bombo would say you. To me, Alave said it and forget it. Alave should never leave anybody's lineups unless he's hurt, regardless right? of the, That's how I yeah. feel with him. Regardless of the quarterback I, I, situation. And I love Alave. Yeah, I, I know. That's yeah. why I'm a little bit fucking messed up right now. I can't even like yeah. talk because I wanted to tell you, like, dude, what are you and, doing? You've been throwing them all year. And I think experienced players probably look at it and and it's it's really like a show and prove, right? You don't want to just go all in on Olave and leave him in your lineup. And he does like what Elijah Moore did last year, where he had like three or four good games and then just disappeared because of bad quarterback play. I we've been saying it all year. It's more like the Justin Jefferson blow up of his back half of his rookie year, where he's just getting tons of air yards. The opportunities are always there. He plays for a team that's constantly has to throw. They never, they never have a lead. So they're never going to be trying to kill the clock. And he's just super talented. I take, I mean, Olave is probably, Olave is probably top 12 to me. So I'd say that makes him a low, low end wide receiver one. In my book, he's a low end wide receiver one. The thing with Pittman is very similar. They're on a team that sometimes has a throw a ton. And 
the only thing that's bad right now for for Pittman would be that Jonathan Taylor's coming coming to his own and he's being JT again. And they're able to kill chunk plays with Jonathan Taylor running the ball, which limits what they have and limits the amount of times that they throw. Matt Ryan's not going to throw 60 times a game. But there's a good chance that combined that there may be 60 throws in a New Orleans game between Red Rocket and I mean Red Pistol and Taysom Hill and all them, whatever they got throwing the ball. But no matter what, it's getting thrown to Olave. Yeah, Jarvis Landry's there, but I think Jarvis Landry is Jarvis Landry. Like this ain't the Jarvis Landry that was is a threat to a true wide receiver one. But it's good to have both those guys. But I think Olave said it and forget it. And you know what? To your point there, Bombo. Olave is number 11 right now in PPR for wide receivers. So, yeah, I mean, you said he was top 12. Yeah, right there. Yeah. You, you were spot on. I know that you were just doing that off the top <laughs> of your head, and I just looked it up right now. Yeah, he's number 11. So he is a stud. I've been saying this since when we started breaking down the divisionals. I was calling this out. You know, like King said, I've been sucking on his cack mm-hmm. the whole damn season. And it's not like I'm getting off of him. But for this guy, I'm just saying that, you know, the experience and the team kind of rallying together and the limited touches or the potential limited touches that Olave is going to potentially be facing, just kind of I'm trying to be on the safe side for him to say, you know, for me, maybe Pittman's a safer bet right now. You know, that's kind of all I'm saying. Did Indianapolis start to have their bye? I think so, right? Olave has a bye. Olave does have a bye coming up. I think it's at 13 or 14 buy that's coming up so that may be the only downside on that one the buys are so weird this year too Real weird week 14 there's a lot of teams on a buy again like this week coming up no one's on a buy thanksgiving week and then next week there's a couple teams on a buy in week 14 a shitload of teams on a buy again then no one else it was just weird this year so yeah indy has their bye week on week 14 oh so that's this this guy's got both of them. Yeah, yeah week 14, this guy's going to be searching the waiver wire anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. Jeff so, all right, guys. Busted on the bye week at some massage parlor or something and get kicked out of the coaching gig or something's going to happen anyways, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for this week's mailbag. Ask an idiot. Hopefully, you guys got something out of it. I don't think I did. But fuck, what do I know? I'm an idiot. So for Bombo and RW King, I am Sweet T and we are out.